0: You're listening to Gruesome and a Natural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and a Natural. I'm Shelly.
1: And I'm Eric, and this is episode 62.
0: Hello, my gruesome addicts. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Let's get into it. Um, we decided to do this episode because Eric and obviously myself uh, are just fascinated by the Diet Love Pass incident, that whole case and all the mystery behind it all.
1: Fascinated.
0: Yeah. So, what
1: uh, episode was that, that we did? God. That's like one of Two, our first three, ones, four, right? Or something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It was in the beginning for sure. There's just like so much mystery and this kind of this case is kinda of the same thing, right? Yeah, but,
1: it was like aliens and Yetis and
0: Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yep.
1: Russian right. spy planes and all this mm-hmm. fucking cool ass shit.
0: Gruesome discoveries of these people and, yeah, just very mysterious. And this is kind of the same deal. So let's get into it, okay? Okay. All right. Okay. So this story involves five men, the youngest being twenty four year old Jack Hewitt. He went by Jackie. Um, so also, there's another Jack in the story, so I'm going to refer to him as Jackie. 25-year-old Gary Mathias, 29-year-old William Sterling, he went by Bill, so I'll be referring to him as Bill, 30-year-old Jack Madruga, and 32-year-old Theodore Wyher, but he went by Ted, so I'll be calling him Ted. They, are, they were all born spanning from May 1946 to March 1953, and they were all from Yuba City, California. Uh, which is in Northern California. The five men were all part of a day program for mentally handicapped adults. Um, So you see all five of the men either had mild, mild, remember that, intellectual disabilities or psychiatric conditions, and Gateway Center was where this program took place. And their mission was pretty much uh, helping individuals that are mentally handicapped or emotionally troubled to find work and connect with their community. So Jack had a low IQ but was never really diagnosed as being mentally disabled. He had actually served in the military, and along with um, Gary, he served in the military too, and they both had driver's licenses, but they were the only ones out of the five. Ted had a job as a janitor and a snack bar clerk, but his family made him quit those jobs because they believed that his quote-unquote slowness was causing issues, which is kind of sad to hear that Yeah, he had quit those jobs. Jackie had a slight droop to his head and was slow to respond to people, but his favorite person was Ted, and Ted like looked after Jackie. So much that Ted, like, he was, like, his protector in a way, you know. Um, So far as, like, uh, he would dial numbers for Ted, like, on phones, uh, like, just to, you know, help him out. Because, like, Ted, for some reason, didn't like to dial Mm. numbers, but he could call people. He just needed, like, help doing it. Mm. So Ted was that kind of person for him. So Bill was very religious, so he would spend hours at the library reading literature to help bring Jesus to patients that were in mental hospitals. So I just thought that was kind of sweet. Um, At this time, the five men had joined a basketball team called the Gateway Gators, but we're going to go back to the early 1970s real quick before Gary actually knew these four men. So Gary had been stationed in West Germany as he was in the United States Army, although he eventually started to develop a drug problem and was later diagnosed with schizophrenia and was given a psychiatric discharge. After leaving the army, he went back to live with his parents in Yuba City and began receiving treatment at a local mental hospital. While there, he almost was arrested for assault twice, and Gary would often experience psychiatric episodes in which he would be sent to a local Veterans Administration hospital. So by 1978, Gary was finally being treated as an outpatient, like an outpatient basis, pretty much, with the help of some medication called Stelazine and Cogitin. And his physician had even stated that Gary's case was, quote, one of our sterling success cases, unquote. Hmm. So it's like it seemed like he was getting better right
1: like, yeah
0: but he was the only one that didn't like really have any like mental disabilities and stuff like that so going back to all of the five men now like i had mentioned gary was living with his parents after being discharged from the army and so were all of the other men too they were kind of known as like the boys to everybody so the boys they really bonded over sports whether it be playing the actual game or watching a game whether it be on tv or going to a game or whatever that was just kind of something that they really bonded over so And this, like, their families even said that. like They just always hung out and would do something sports-like. Friday, February 24th, 1978, all five men were scheduled to go to a basketball game in Chico, California, which is about 50 miles or 80 kilometers. Jack was the one to drive them there because he had a driver's license, remember? So he was going to be the one to drive them to the basketball game. Um, and it was located at the Chico State Campus. And he was going to drive them in his white and turquoise 1969 Mercury Montego. That was his, like, baby, by the way. He would never let anybody drive that car. Like, it was his baby. (laughs) It was, like, a two-door, I think, like, you know, kind of car. But, like, you know, all five men were able to get into it and head on to the basketball game. So the day before the game, actually, so so Friday night was the, the Chico State campus game, right? So the next day, they actually had a game themselves, their team, their Gateway Gators. So... That night before they were going to have their game that they were playing in, he like laid out, Ted, he laid out like his uniform. He's getting all like pumped and right, right, like getting all super excited. He even asked his mom if he can wash his new like high top sneakers, you know, because he was just like super stoked. And he was like, mom, don't let me oversleep. Like I cannot miss this game. And I guess like there was also like the winner of this game would get like a free week to go stay in Los Angeles. So it's like something they were kind of really looking forward to, right? And that was supposed to be on Saturday, February 24th. So this is Friday night, the 24th, where they're, sorry, that was Saturday, February 25th. So we're still on Friday, February 24th, when they're going to go see the game in Chico. So they all get into Jack's car to make their way to the basketball game that night to cheer on the UC Davis basketball team, which actually was an away game for them against Chico State. They all get to the game. They have a great time. UC Davis ends up winning. And they all decided to head home. It's about 10 p.m. that night. But before heading home, they decided to stop at a Bears market located in downtown Chico, just like a short distance from Chico State where the basketball game was just to like pick up snacks and drinks for the ride home. The clerk at the... Market remembered the men because it was like right before closing. And she was like, she remember being kind of annoyed that this big group's coming in. She's trying to clean up. I mean, we've all been, I mean, a lot of us have probably been there. You know, you work somewhere and people come in last minute and you're like, damn it. Like, (laughs) I'm trying to clean up and go home. So she's kind of annoyed by that. But she noted that the men bought one Hostess cherry pie, one Langendorf, Langendorf? Do you know that brand? Nope. Langendorf lemon pie. One Snickers bar. One Marathon bar. Marathon bar. Two Pepsis and a quart and a half of milk. They walked out of that door of the market, and what's come next is kind of shocking. The next morning, Ted's mother wakes up at 5 a.m. to check on Ted, but he wasn't there, so she calls Bill's mother to find out that he had never come home. So four of the five men, besides Gary, like had never really stayed out at, like all night before by themselves. So it was definitely odd that a lot of their, all of them, had never come home that night. They were all reported missing, so a search began for the five men taking the same route they would have taken to Chico, but there was, like, no signs of them. It was a few days later on the 28th when a Plumas National Forest Ranger told investigators that he had actually seen a Montego parked along Oroville-Quincy Road in the forest on the 25th. At the time, he thought nothing of it because it's winter, and on the weekends, people drove up the road into, like, the Sierra Nevada to, like, go cross-country skiing so after this ranger read a missing bulletin a missing person's bulletin he thought maybe it could be the same car so he reported to police that montego was found 70 miles from chico which was also far off of any direct route to yuba city where they were headed to get you know to go home it was on a long windy dirt road near rogers cow camp which is actually a campground so their families were like super confused like why are they in this area and remember, this is February in Northern California, so it's cold and they didn't have like much on them because they were planning to just go to this basketball game mm-hmm. and then, you know, go home. So they only have, like light jackets on pretty much. And this is also high elevation remote forest and a couple of the men like hated cold weather. So that was also concerning to the, like, their families. The car was found at 4,400 feet in elevation and inside the car, there were still like the empty wrappers, the cans, the milk carton and from like, you know, the snacks, the Pepsi's, all that stuff but there was no keys in the car. The car was unlocked and it had one window rolled down. Police did know that there was evidence as if the car like had been stuck in the snow because of the way the, you know, like if you push the gas, you on know, the, the wheels, just turn. Uh-huh. So they kind of noticed that. So they're like, oh, maybe like they got stuck in the snow. But they also noted that, you know, five of them, even four of them were like young and healthy enough to be able to push the car. They were, they were able to do it, but they, there was no signs that any of them had tried to push this car. Police thought maybe something happened to the engine or something, you know. So they hotwired the car. It started up fine. There was no problems. There was even a quarter of gas still in the car. So questionable, right? Yeah. Why couldn't they go anywhere? So they end up towing the car back to the police station to examine it more. And they found like no dents, no gouges, no mud scrapes, like anything on this car. So it was just kind of suspicious. And like I was saying, Jack loved this car like, to the point where no one was able to drive it. Only he, he could. Like, this was his baby. So that was really odd that his car, he, like, they just found it abandoned. Like, unlocked, no keys, everything. Just very weird. So they attempted searches for the men, but the weather was so bad as there was, like, a severe storm, uh, snowstorm that day that they actually found the car. So it was kind of hard to start searching for them. So even like those snow cats, you know, they were like struggling themselves to get up there and stuff like that and plow the snow. Yeah, so it's like, it was bad. So they waited a while. So the local media had been covering the case. So several reports came in about seeing the men, including some reports of them leaving Chico altogether. They were seen somewhere completely different in California or even like out of the country. Those were like different reports. Most of the reports were found to be false, but there were two reports that did kind of stand out. One of them was by 55-year-old Joseph Shones, who was from Sacramento. He had a cabin in that area, so he was actually headed up there to check the snowpack in advance as he and his family were making a trip up there to go, like, like making a ski trip up there. So uh-huh. he just wanted to make sure everything was cool, everyone get up there, you know, that kind of thing. But as he was headed up there, it was about 5.30 p.m. on the 25th that Saturday, his car, which was a Volkswagen Beetle, got stuck in the snow. So he decided to get out of his car— By himself and try to like push his car, you know, free his car out of the snow. But as he was doing that, he started to experience early symptoms of a heart attack. Mm. So he's by himself, you know, that's got to be terrifying. So he goes back in his car, keeps his car on. It's freezing cold, right? So it's like he keeps the heater on and he is just in so much pain. That sucks. By himself. Yeah. So he's just laying in his car suffering from severe pain and hours and hours go by. And finally, he sees headlights, but they're like coming from behind him. So he just sits there with the headlight. Well, the car kind of parks, just sitting there with the headlights on. And then he kind of sees like a group of people get out of the car. But he also notices a woman holding a baby. What? Yeah, that's what he told police that he, he saw a group of people, and one of them was a woman holding a baby. So that's odd. What so, the fuck? Yeah. So when he saw the group, he yelled for help, you know. But the group became like super quiet and then turned off their headlights. So
1: that's weird. Super,
0: sus- really weird. Really weird. Cold alien kind of help? shit, man. You say cold alien? Yeah. <laughs> super weird. A while later, Joseph sees flashlights now behind his car, like again, and he yells out for help, but again the lights go out. So he thought, and then he started thought he heard like voices, but then they started to fade. And It's just like yeah, some this weird is a stuff. Trip. Yeah, so. Ted's mother came forward though and said that if his son, if her son, sorry, if her son had heard anyone yelling for help, that he would not ignore it and he would go and help them right mm-hmm. away. That's kind of what she was saying. So then Joseph said that he thought he saw a truck as well. But eventually, like he told police that he thinks he was just so delirious from all the pain that he wasn't absolutely sure, like about what the truck. Seeing and- yeah. I don't know about the other car, the group of people, but he said the truck, he wasn't completely sure, but he said he was pretty sure about that group of people, woman with the baby. But still weird, like, they didn't help him, you know. Very weird. Um, so eventually, Joseph Carr, his car ran out of gas. So <laughs> finally, like, he got to a point where his pain was kind of subsiding. So he was able to walk eight miles down to, like, a lodge down the road. And once he got there, the manager of the lodge drove him back up to his cabin, and they passed out abandoned Montego. <laughs> and uh, He didn't go to the hospital? No. I, you know what? Now that you say that, I didn't even think about that. So I he wonder was having if like they a heart did, attack
1: almost or yeah. like heart attack symptoms. Because it
0: was confirmed later that he was like, ah, oh, oh, just drive symptoms. me up to my cabin. <laughs> I'll be fine. we so, like, hours already. Left
1: with his face is hanging, like he's all numb. <laughs> I,
0: know. I didn't even think about that. I, went, I, I wonder if, yeah, if it was like a little part of the story that wasn't. Because you'd think that I mean, yeah. somebody would drive him to the hospital. But apparently, from what I read, they went back up to the cabin. That's weird. Passing this abandoned Montego. Very weird. The other notable report was from a woman who worked at a store in the small town of Brownsville, which is 30 miles of 48 kilometers from where the car had been abandoned. A woman claimed that she had seen them at this store, but they came in a red pickup truck the day after, like, they were supposedly missing. Yeah. Missing, yeah.
1: So she saw all of them together?
0: Yeah. And even the owner of the store corroborated her account of seeing them as well. So that's two people. Yeah, so we got Joseph and then we got this woman and the owner. So technically so three, three people. people now. Yeah.
1: No, but we don't know if what he saw though. We don't
0: he know. He saw the how abandoned true. car,
1: but did he see the did he see them?
0: Uh, you he, know, he said he saw, he a, saw a woman with a baby. He said he saw a group And there was of no people.
1: woman with the baby with those guys.
0: No. Yeah. And he didn't really the confirm that, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't really confirm that he saw these, you know, the pictures and them in person so, that it was real or really this them.
1: This already tripped me out.
0: Yeah. It's really weird. So yeah. it makes me wonder: like, is, did he really place. see that, or is like, was it What a did he see? Car? I don't was know. Was he
1: hallucinating because of pain?
0: Yeah, I know. That's what I kept
1: thinking. I don't know if you do that during a heart attack.
0: I don't know, but he said he was in a lot of pain. He felt like he told police he was like delirious and mm. pain, and he was questioning himself. So
1: all right. let's continue with this. So
0: yes, this woman also stated that she knew they were not from the area. <laughs> I don't. I where, this was was, so where was where was this
1: woman? Where was this a uh, gas station or market?
0: This was. In Brownsville, a small town of Brownsville, which was 30 miles or 48 kilometers from where the car was abandoned.
1: Uh, and then why do you keep telling me kilometers? Do we have uh, because European listeners?
0: Yeah, we have listeners from all around okay, the place. And so. I won't be... I didn't know, do that in the beginning, but I realized I probably should start doing met- that. Metric system all... prejudice. Yeah, yeah, you are being that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I found this kind of weird. The woman stated that she knew that they weren't from the area supposedly the boys, Yeah, right?
1: so, so you're saying it's 30 miles outside of where they went missing. Where the car was found. Yeah. yeah. That's quite a ways.
0: Yeah, it is. But like, why didn't they go to that? Why? Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, we'll get into that. But she said she described because they quote, had big eyes and facial expressions, like weird facial expressions. Like maybe they weren't meant to be there or like she was saying, they're not from that area. I don't know why she stated that, but she also claimed that she saw Jackie and Bill in like a f- telephone booth that was just outside the store. The store owner stated that she saw Jackie and Ted come inside the store together, and they bought burritos, chocolate milk, and soft drinks. That was, that was it, though. Like, nothing came out of that. That was the end of it. They just said they claimed to see them. They bought stuff, saw them in the telephone booth, and that was kind of it. And then they left. So they became known as the Yuba County Five, and theories of what happened to the five men started kind of going crazy, right? Because, like, what happened to these? Where are these men? Like, where are they? It was anywhere from like carjacking to imprisoned by local hippies. Some people were even thinking Man- <laughs> Manson family. Like oh, maybe shit. they had something to do with it because it's California.
1: Yeah, reward... but did, Were they all the way up? I guess they were. They went to Frisco and stuff like that.
0: And... I was wondering the same thing. How far? Yeah, know. How far north? But a reward was set up for any information for $1,215, because, I mean, this is 78, right? So, mm. But nothing came out of that either. One of the parents even stated, quote, we definitely feel something has happened, but we also feel they are alive, unquote. Several months go by when finally on June 4th, 1978, as, like, all the snow is melting and it's spring, a couple of motorcyclists found a trailer that was being maintained by the United States Forest Service, which was located at a campsite off of the road a little over 19 miles or 31 kilometers. <laughs> From where the Montego had Jesus. been found, they decided to go in and see what was inside, right? Like, curious. But the minute they opened this door, because it was unlocked, the, this, like, nasty-ass odor, like, hit them in the face. Mm-hmm. Probably something they had never smelled before.
1: Heard, this, heard of this odor before.
0: Yes. So they thought, obviously, it's probably a good idea to call police, right? It was actually the smell of a decaying body, and it was the body of Ted Wyher. The trailer had been like the, one of the windows had been broken two, indicating that that's how Ted got inside. He was found on a bed wrapped in eight sheets, including his head. The autopsy showed that Ted had died of a combination of starvation and hypothermia. He was around 200 pounds at the time of his disappearance. So he had lost around 100 pounds. So he was only like a little 100 pound man on this bed wrapped in sheets. His beard had grown out so much that that he, they thought that he had survived for at least like 13 weeks from the time that he had last shaved. So he had probably been alive for about three months before he died in this trailer. What the fuck? I know. How fucking Are weird Are you is snowed that?
1: in for that long up there?
0: I don't, I, yeah, um, yeah, right now, actually I looked it up, the road up there and it's closed right now because I know it's about, it's, I guess, what, November, it's about to be, I mean, it, you know, uh-huh. winter and it's going to be snowing up there, so they close all the roads and stuff like that, but... Yeah, I guess that's that was in February, right?
1: Yeah. March,
0: April, May. Yeah.
1: Crazy.
0: Yeah, so he was up there for, three Yeah, I guess it depends what
1: kind of winter it is. It can last all through spring.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. His feet were badly frostbitten as his shoes like were nowhere to be found. On the table next to the bed was his wallet, which had cash inside, a nickel ring that had Ted engraved on it, as well as a gold necklace that he always wore. But also on the table was a gold watch without, like, I guess crystals were supposed to be in it or whatever. And uh, his Ted's family was like, "I've never seen that before, and it does not belong to Ted." So they were like, "Where the hell is his watch coming from?" Ted was wearing a shirt and lightweight pants, but like I said, no shoes. The crazy part is inside the trailer, there was a huge supply of food, clothing, and even a fireplace to keep heat, you know, to keep him warm, to keep him fed, and keep him alive. But nothing was touched. There were matches. There were also, like, you know, books, like reading books. It was that he could have used for, like, Kindle, right? Could have ripped them apart, threw them in the fireplace, set them on fire, but never was touched. Not The fireplace was never touched. Um, there were also heavy forestry clothing. Like, he never wore them, never put them on. Outside, there were sea ration cans, which I guess is, like, uh, prepared, like, wet food. And they were, they were in, like, a storage shed outside. And there were actually... Ones that were open and eaten, like consumed and everything, and they were on the ground outside of the shed. So somebody did eat them. But also, which is kind of weird, inside the same shed was like a locker that could have been easily opened by them, and it contained a huge assortment of dehydrated foods. Your favorite thing? No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> Whatever. I mean, that's just because I went backpacking a few know, times. But all right. So not being offensive or anything here, but these guys are all special needs, correct? Yes. And Ted, is he one of the ones with the driver's license? No. Okay.
0: Jackie always looks after Ted. That he's the one that. Always That's right. That's right. And helps dial protector. the phone
1: and all that stuff. Correct. I mean, maybe they couldn't figure out how to get the fire started, or you know, get the dehydrated food with water boiling to add to the yeah. food. Mm-hmm. That's what the first thing that popped in my head. So you you know I yeah. mean I'm putting that in my head.
0: But let me tell you a little something weirder. Okay. (laughs) So there was so much food that all the food, like, could have, like, there was so much in there. If all five men were in this trailer, they could have survived up to a year without dying.
1: But what kind (laughs) of food?
0: Like I was saying, it was these sea ration cans, dehydrated food, but there was just so much. And there's gotta be a can opener
1: in there. And I'm gonna get get to
0: that. I'm gonna get to that. (sighs) So yeah, nothing was touched. So a similar shed nearby had a butane tank in which all you had to do was like open a valve and it controlled like a heating system inside this trailer, but right. never touched.
1: I understand that's all you have to do, but could they figure it out? Exactly. exactly. That's what I'm saying.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But it gets weird.
1: And I'm not saying they couldn't. I'm just wondering.
0: Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. But this you know? right here, what I'm about to tell you is why I question all of what you're saying. Okay. So... It appeared that to investigators that Ted hadn't been alone in that trailer and that at some point they believed that possibly Gary, maybe even Jackie, were inside with Ted because inside they found Gary's shoes and one of the C-ration cans had actually been opened. I've never heard of this, but it's called like a P-38 can opener in which Gary would be familiar using because of his military service, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's a little weird. So they thought maybe... Gary's feet, I don't know, were like swollen from frostbite or something. So he put Ted's shoes on and went outside and that's why his shoes were left inside. So kind of weird. Why is his shoes inside? Yeah. They also believed how badly his feet were that like, there's no way that Ted would be able to wrap eight sheets around him because like his feet were just so, so bad, like just like gangrene and like, you know, obviously frostbite and stuff like that. So it's like it seemed impossible that he was able to do it himself and that he would need help like wrapping himself in those blankets. So that was another thing that I thought was kind of weird. So Ted's family, like you were kind of mentioning, Ted's family did state that he did lack common sense as a result of his mental disability. For example, his family said that Ted would often ask why he should stop at a stop sign. Another time his house had actually caught on fire and Ted had to be dragged out of his bed because he refused to get up because he thought he was going to like miss his job that day. Got up, you know,
1: see, so see right there, what I'm saying. yes,
0: exactly. So, I totally agree with, like, yeah. The next day, searchers went back to search for the rest of the four men. That is when they came across the bodies of Bill and Jack, but on like opposite sides of the road, about 11 miles or 18 kilometers from where the Montego had been found. Only 11 miles, which is crazy. Jack's 11
1: miles is not far. that far well i guess well, it is
0: pretty far i mean to walk to walk
1: that's fucking far
0: for sure you're right in the snow and it's yeah, freezing you don't exactly. have a proper no you're 11 right 11
1: miles is right. far that's true like when we would go like backcountry fishing like the lake we went to Everyone is died. like a couple miles <laughs>
0: yeah that's true and that yeah, shit right. was
1: seen far in the backcountry right yeah
0: for sure yeah so 11 that's miles true.
1: is really far yeah
0: yeah you're right i didn't think about that but Totally, for sure. Jack's body had been partially eaten by animals and only bones pretty much remained of Bill, which were kind of scattered around a small area. Autopsy showed that they both died from hypothermia. So you're right, obviously, <laughs> they probably were walking that far. It got super cold and that is far away. So two days later, again, search parties go out looking for the last two missing men. And that is when Jackie's father, he's part of the search team, comes across a backbone under a bush, which was only two miles or three kilometers from that trailer. It was identified as his son, Jackie's backbone. Close by were also his shoes and jeans. So that already kind of had Jackie's father like worried. He's like, man, like those belong to my son, like those shoes, and those jeans, you know, so the following day, a deputy sheriff comes across a skull that was just down the hill from that bush where the backbone was found and dental records confirmed that it was Jackie's skull. He was found to have died from hypothermia as well. About a quarter mile away from the trailer as well, police had found three forest service blankets and a rusted flashlight. Although it could not be determined how long those items had actually been there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's still, what, one ma- man missing, right? So where the hell is Gary? They searched, they searched, but nothing came up. They The police decided to distribute pictures of Gary to mental institutions like all over the state of California to see if he'd been placed in one or something, you know, but no trace of Gary has ever been found to this day.
1: And Gary was the leader guy. Like
0: he was the one that didn't really have any them. mental like disabilities, And but he had he, military
1: experience. Yes. And yeah. he was
0: discharged for like by a psychiatric um, professional, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like he was discharged and stuff like that. And like, uh, remember he did, he got arrested, almost got arrested for like assault, assault twice. Like
1: Is the car his?
0: No, it's Jacks. Jax, but okay. him and Gary both had the driver's yeah, license, yeah, okay, so okay. they were obviously just able to do that. So I know it's kind of there's so many. And stuff like so, that. so yeah, Gary has never been found at all, and that just kind of concludes that whole. That's what happened to them, and it's still such a mystery. Um, some theories behind it is Gary had friends in a small town of Forbestown, Town, which I guess was kind of close. Police believe that that's possible that he attempted to go visit them on the way back and got lost, and that's how they found this mountain road. <laughs> uh, Another theory was that those snow cats that I was talking about, uh, had gone along the road in that direction and to clear off the snow of the, the trailer that he was, that Ted was found in, cause they didn't want it to collapse. So they went up there to go clear it up. So obviously they made this whole pathway clearing the snow. So they thought maybe they took this path cause it was all clear and they thought maybe they were going to get home or something. I have no idea, but that yeah. was just a theory. And, uh. And then another theory, which I never really heard of, um, I don't know if anybody's heard this either, but since the window was broken and since they broke, technically broke into this trailer, they thought maybe they were going to get in trouble for doing it or something. And then that because like they believe that it was private property and they fear that they would be arrested if they like were found to like be in there, or like, stealing stuff from there or something, I don't know, so they, Mm -hmm. like, went in there and then they left, but Ted stayed, I don't know, it was just some weird kind of theory around that too, so, but, I don't know one thing I keep thinking of and this could be not even true or possible, but I just thought it was so weird that, we were kind of saying, Gary's the one, he has a driver's license, he's uh, I mean, he did get diagnosed with, I think, schizophrenia and stuff like that, but it's like, he was almost, not all (laughs) together, but, like like, what if he had some involvement in this? He's never been found. Mm-hmm. I did the math, and at his the time of his disappearance, he was 29 years old, right? 1978. Yeah. And as of today, if he were still alive, he'd only be 74 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... But obviously, it's not like he murdered them. It's not foul play, like, because they were found... Their autopsies were just hypothermia. But like, what if he I had wondered- something? If he scared them? Like, if he saw something and then scared the shit out of all the other... Yeah. You know, men or whatever, boys or. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like wondering if he. No one knows. No. Right? No. Um,
1: I wonder how they tell with a skeleton if you died of hypothermia.
0: I was wondering these like same what's exact the signs? What
1: if it's picked clean because of animals? You know, the guy yeah. They've been buried in snow for three months.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's got to be. You know, be they're some... just they're
1: literally finding the skull and a spine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, how do you like? Dude, I wonder if they go through, like, it all and say, like, there's no fracture, so there's no blunt force trauma, there's no gunshot wounds and crack ribs or anything like that. Yeah. So they just narrow it down and be like, eh, so I guess it was hypothermia.
0: Huh, I wonder, yeah. That would make sense. But I don't know. I'm
1: not a, you know.
0: Yeah. I don't know
1: anything of it. I'm just guessing.
0: I was thinking the exact same thing, and I was like, how the hell do they... Find yeah. a backbone in a skull and then like, res- you know, the result is hypothermia. Yeah, like how when do you just see out? the
1: bones, how do you, unless there is like a, like I said, like some kind of fracture yeah. inside the skull or
0: mm-hmm.
1: around something.
0: Yeah. It is uh, very, yeah. It's very interesting. Because it could be I foul wonder. play.
1: What if you strangled him? That's true. Does yeah. that show in the neck bones and the spine? I don't think so. I, I don't know. I don't know though.
0: I don't know. I would think that.
1: But why would maybe. he do that? They were fucking buds and on a basketball team together. And
0: I know that's what makes me think like maybe it wasn't Gary. I mean, like, what could he have really done but, to like cause you know, that? it was me a group this. of
1: people in a car that weren't you know all together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, they're all together, but you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, how the hell did they end up in the area to begin with? Like, it was yeah, that's off like way the off the route. route. They weren't going back to Yuba City. Yeah, they were going in a different direction. So it's like, did they just, the jacket lost like after they stopped at the Bears Market to get the all these snacks and stuff? A group of hippie cult like,
1: maybe mm-hmm. is a thing. Because mm-hmm. the guy that saw all those people walking by and the baby, it's all fucking cold. Who walks around with a baby in their arms in oh, the I fucking cold. and don't know.
0: And why are they the stopping forest? in the middle of, yeah, on the road and getting and out? why and... would they
1: like not help the guy? Yeah. So that's all really weird. It, it, it's... Doesn't seem that's too credible because it's one person saying it.
0: Exactly. He doesn't
1: have really witnesses and stuff. And he's
0: experiencing heart attack. at the Yeah. Same exactly. Time. Like, yeah. It's just it's. But very then weird. how does
1: that? Also, the next day, how does that? A uh, gas station lady. Two people see them all in a truck.
0: In a different car.
1: And there's no. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But then they find them dead.
0: Yes. Exactly.
1: So that exactly. doesn't seem.
0: And technically, that was the day after they went to this basketball game. Exactly. Did, so did and they, they come, were looking. Did forward- they come
1: drive down and then go drive back up? Of course not. I don't no, think so. Because
0: remember they were supposed to have their basketball game that Saturday. They were looking forward to having their own basketball game. So it's like, why would they be still in like Chico Chico area in a different car? <laughs> And I don't know. It's, but it's, yeah,
1: but the trippiest part is why would they find their bones after that up there? Did they drive back up there if they did come back down to get their burritos and shit? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. This is a trip. It's such a weird mystery. And it's like, I don't know. Are we ever going to find out what actually happened? Like,
1: mm-hmm, probably not. It's,
0: yeah, it's a trip. It's a trip. But thanks guys for listening. Rate, review, tell a friend. Give us case suggestions at Natural at gmail.com and you know yeah thanks for listening until next monday stay safe and be aware peace